Hey everybody, welcome to the Mouthful and Mindful Podcast. This is your host, Luke Barbosa. Today, I have a very special guest, and I really mean that very special, um, Brother Victor Serrato. Um, man, I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you for uh, accepting my invitation. I'm really excited about the topic today, but before we get into anything, I just wanted to, uh, if you can, just say hello to the folks and uh, let us know a little bit about yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, excited to be here along with my brother Luke. Um, excited about this podcast, uh, Mouthful and Mindful. I think um, you're on something fantastic and uh, uh, just absolutely um, going to open some doors that I think are going to be a blessing for a lot of people. Today, I'm really excited because Brother Victor, um, uh, I, I don't know if you would want to call it like international evangelism, maybe, or um, mm-hmm. mission. Mi- mi- I mean, yeah. obviously, missionary is the word that we all know. But um, but Brother mm-hmm. Victor is uh, is like an international evangelist, and I mean international. You know, he's been to different countries. Do you know how many countries you've been to, Brother Victor? I haven't counted them, but um, <laughs> probably probably ten, close to ten, maybe close to ten. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I've been to think so. uh, I've been to, I've been to America, and I've been to. Mexico, and I think that's that's about it. All right, brother Victor. So we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. I guess the yes. the starter question would be, um, what are some big lessons that American Christians can learn from our global brothers and sisters? So I'll, I'll answer. I, I love giving testimonies, like yeah. real life applications. I love hearing. It's kind of how I operate with, in terms of principles and biblical concepts. Please. And so what came to mind immediately was um, the country of Bangladesh, where we've done a tremendous amount of ministry there. Mm -hmm. And um, the aha moment for me was when I witnessed the following. Mm -hmm. We baptized a number of people, and the the leader that I'm working with said, "Uh, Brother Victor, I'm going to need you to meet with me and sign all of these uh, documents. And I said, what are these documents? He said, everybody that gets baptized in this country mm-hmm. has to turn themselves in or they have to report to the local authorities. And this document certifies that you are no longer a Muslim oh and you are gosh. now basically turning your back. You're turning your oh back, not just on the Muslim faith, but essentially you're turning your back on the government because what a lot of Westerners wow. don't understand is in the United States, uh, you're not born into a religion. You you right. you get converted, right? Right. In other countries, you're literally born into it, generation mm. after generation. And so, the fabric of society is so wrapped up in your religion that healthcare, schooling, oh my god, anything has to do with government, law enforcement, it's all tied in, right? Yeah. So this document was such an eye opener for me on so many levels. I had to sign each document confirming that this took place, name, date, birth date, a picture of every person that we baptized. Oh they have gosh. to turn this into the authorities. We pay a fee. And basically the authorities now say, you, you basically, we've <laughs> written you off and you uh-huh. are no longer entitled to some of the benefits that Muslim people have. Let me just give you a couple of those benefits. Wow. You no longer have the right to be buried in government uh-huh. um, uh, funded. <laughs> That's um, crazy. Uh, you know, burial grounds. You yeah. see, in, in countries like that, uh, when you're a Muslim and you die, the government has mm. plots already, and it's a huge relief for the family because they have someone to bury you. When yeah. you become a Christian, you lose, your, oh you waive gosh. your rights to be buried. Think about that. Like, that's that's serious business. That's serious. It's, it's an eye-opener for me because what it's saying is that every person that gets baptized, they don't just think about, oh, I'm being converted now, and I get to come to church, and I get to learn <laughs> oh, about man. the Bible. You have to think about a whole different layer, layers and layers 
of how your life is going to change dramatically, which, which begs the question, yeah, my goodness. why would they do this? Why? Why would they make such a life-changing decision Man. when they can just like pretend to be Christians, say they're Christians, be underground Christians, yeah. but they're boldly declaring before the public, I am no longer a Muslim, I'm a Christian, yeah. and I'm waving my rights to be buried in, uh, uh, they're poor. I mean, they make like $5 a day. They're basically right. saying, I'm going to live by faith. And so the yeah. aha moment, the, the eye opener for me, and maybe for listeners today is this, that there are people in other countries that when they declare um, that Christ is king in their life, they are taking it serious. And I go home in tears saying, Lord, how can we take this back, this ownership, this Man. loyalty, this faithfulness? This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Yes, this sir. is truly what, what the apostles experienced in the early church where people had to hide underground. They were running from fear of being oppressed and jailed and, and right. even killed. And yet they were still willing to do it. That's a crazy. Westerner doesn't have to think about that. A Westerner doesn't we, ha ever have to say, if I go become to a Christian, after. I might lose my job. Uh, right. Yeah, there's, what are the repercussions? We go to Raising Canes after family. and we have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Right, there's a celebration, there's a party, right. there's gifts, there's a welcome mat. Right. Yeah. And they they have to think of, I might lose my job. How am I going to feed my family? If I die, who's going to bury me? Where are they going to bury me? And I experience that every time I go. I experience something like that every time I go out yeah. uh, to these some of these countries. And so that's why I think your question was so awesome. How have you seen this lifestyle uh, 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 draw people to Jesus? Depending on which country that, that, that we're talking about, where I've been, mm -hmm. there are some countries where, here's, here's what I've observed, is they have been so entrenched mm -hmm. and born into, and it's been drilled into them, this is who you are. You are a Hindu, a Muslim, a Buddhist. Yeah. That is who you are. That's the fabric of your being. Mm -hmm. And they are so loyal to it that that some of them would they would die for that like that's who they are and they often get disowned like physically mentally disowned by their own mothers and fathers where it's like you're dead to me wow you're no longer a buddhist you're no longer a hindu you're no longer a muslim you're dead to me yeah and um and so when they become christians for a lot of these people i notice that that loyalty transfers over Wow, that's I was loyal to this. Wow. I was loyal to this this system that I was forced into, born into, and oh, it was so false. Good. It didn't do me any good. How can I not be loyal to truth, to good news, to a revelation, to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? How can I not be now loyal? And by wow. way of testimony, let me just throw this throw this in there. Let me build this in there. Yes, sir. We baptized a gentleman. And um, I baptized him. When I left, came back to the States, um, a group of radical Muslims went in and surrounded the house, started oppressing families that we had baptized in yeah. that community, that village. And one of the men resisted. Most of them just fled. They just said, leave us alone. Right. One of our believers resisted and said, what are you doing? Leave my house alone. Leave my family alone. I'm not going to let you come in here and do what you want. And they, um, they broke his leg, bro. <laughs> they took a bamboo stick. And, and no. bamboo, if you've never had a bamboo, I've got a bamboo yeah. stick around here somewhere. I wish I could just show it to you. But anyway, 
um, they're big, they're thick. They're like, it's like swinging a, a baseball bat. Right. And uh, they, they broke his leg. And I saw, I saw the picture where they're carting him off. <laughs> One of our brothers took him to a local clinic. And um, get this, he was defending the Christian faith Praise God. at six months of being a newborn, a new, a baby in Christ. What we would consider a baby in Christ yes. doesn't even have yeah. a full knowledge of the whole narrative of what's Jesus, you know, came to do. He yeah. just knows that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And again, the aha moment for me is, man, if a six-month-old baby in Christ is willing to get his leg broken and fight for what he believes and take a hit, what are we doing? Yes, like sir. really, what are we doing? Yes, sir. You know, uh, how serious are we about? what we what we believe and so yeah to answer the question i think some of what people are involved with yeah. in their prior lives yeah. in these countries has a has a definite crossover yeah. with regards to like their loyalty yeah their willingness to stand up and uh fight the good fight uh these testimonies are like gold to me man uh my goodness i'm and i'm just i'm just eating this all up it reminds me a little bit like kind of in a similar way to paul where you know when god uh, when he had that experience with Jesus on the road, right? Um, Paul, I, I, it seems to me, at least in the scripture, that he was always very zealous. He was always a very, like, I mean, he learned the best teacher, right? Um, he he uh, uh, was a young man, in his mind, after God. Um, and then when after he had his revelation, it's not like God completely turned him into a completely different person. At least that's what it seemed like to me. And you can correct me from correct me if I'm wrong. But God changed uh, uh, his his per, his pursuit, his like his purpose. But his abilities were still there. His zeal was still there. Um, it's not like God got rid of it once he got you know he was saved. And so it's not like they're like it's like you said. It's not like their loyalty leaves them once they they come to Jesus. But it, it's it's I almost want to say in some ways it gets perfected. I just thought of the, um, you know, the the, um, the ancient Israelites who were yeah. under um, Egyptian bondage and they were in slavery and they yep. were in idolatry. But that's where they learned the skills that God would later use to oh, build the so tabernacle. Good. And they yeah. what they learned in <laughs> Egypt, right? God used yep. what they learned in the world, which, you know, whether they recognized it or not, all of those gifts, yep. talents, abilities, they come from God, whether you're in Christ or not. You may yep. just not give God credit for it. But you're yep. right. It gets refined. It gets tuned up. It gets aligned, realigned with vision and yeah. purpose in God's hands. And God used that to do one of the most, you know, amazing, tremendous uh, uh, buildings, if you will, uh, in in ancient history. And um, wow. the same thing I can say about myself. I mentioned to you that I came from, you know, hardship. Yes, sir. Uh, fragmented family. Um, yes, sir. A lot of chaos. And at the same time, I was always kind of in survival mode. Well, wow. I realized that although God transformed me, changed me on the inside, I have this affinity, this this attraction towards being in survival mode to this day to where when I do a mm, missions man, trip, good. I'm attracted to places where it feels like I'm in survival mode and I feel very comfortable. It's <laughs> not comfortable for, for everybody and I've taken right. several people with me. Right. But I, I feel like this is... This is not uncomfortable for me to sleep on the floor, yeah. sleep on a bamboo yeah. mat, to you know uh, have my nights and days mixed up, to eat whatever's available or not eat, or yeah. to baptize people in a river, a pond, um, yeah. a bucket, doesn't matter, like a can, a, a 50-gallon drum. Like those unusual, unorthodox um, approaches to ministry feel very comfortable for me. And I believe a lot of That's it fine. has to do 
with, you know, what the devil tried to use for evil, God turned it around and used it as a tool and a blessing for me now in the kingdom. It's just so profound. Um, and thank you just for your sincerity. I, I, I could listen to these kind of stories all day. And, and, and it, what, I think the reason why is because it just encourages me. Once again, thank you. So let's go ahead and get into um, into the last question. And um, I kind of want to just make my way back to, is I guess it's kind of like one of the first questions, but I had said, um, if you could like bottle up, let's just say like one trait or one lesson um, that you wish you could just pour all over the American church. What I discovered was that a lot of these cultures that are third world, they're not distracted by so much of what we consider to be a blessing. Oftentimes right. things that we consider to be blessings can be cursings like the distractions of uh, life, mm-hmm. uh, career, um, schooling, uh, media, whatever. Um, trinkets, toys, technology, um, goals in life, you know, some of the things that we consider to just be good things may not be the greatest thing, you know? And and a lot of these families, a lot of these young people particularly, they just will soak up everything that you're willing to give them Mm -hmm. and they're not in a hurry. They're not distracted. So what I would bottle up is is the ability or the willingness, the humility to say, (laughs) Jesus, I'll give you all the time that you need. And everything yeah. else can be on the back burner. Everything else can wait. You're important enough for me to spend time with you. And so, so I would say so that good. I would bottle that up. I'd bottle that up. It's just uninterrupted time with the Lord because yeah. it's amazing. You don't have to like cheerlead anyone there when you get there and minister to people in these countries. You don't have to prime them up. You don't have to turn on the bell, you know, lights, camera action, bells and yes. whistles. You don't yes. have to... Uh, so treats them. They're 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 ready, uh, man, brother Victor. Thank you so much sure. again for 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 joining. Um, is there anything that that you'd like us to be aware of? Maybe uh, any uh, anything that you're do- working on, any causes or any, anything like that that you'd like to share before we end? Yeah, please pray. Please pray for our children's rescue home in the country of Nepal. We're involved in rescuing children that are at risk for being trafficked into other countries where horrible things are happening to them. We have our own rescue homes where we are caring for Praise 17 God. children that are being raised in ministry, Praise pulled God. out of darkness, literally pulled out of darkness, and will be ministering the gospel in the next few years as they become teenagers and then young adults. And then pray for all of our families in Bangladesh who are being persecuted. They need your prayers. Ask God's protection over them and that the church would explode because of that oppression in Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Victor, awesome. so much for for taking the, the, the time and all these testimonies and stories. I'm really blessed, and I know they're going to bless um, anybody who listens. So thank you again. This has been the Mouthful and Mindful Podcast, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.